It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Madison Allworth. I'm Juan Williams. I'm Liz Clayman, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, January 19th, 2024. I'm Eben Brown. Jewish college students head back to school next week for the new semester as anti-Semitism on campus still rises. We speak with a Cornell student who used her time off to tour the sites of the Hamas attacks in Israel. And it's a reality that, that you could see yourself in as a young Jewish person. And yet you have the privilege of just watching it from the sidelines. It could have been me. It could have been any of us. And I think being there helps you really understand it. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. College students are headed back to campus, and that includes to Ivy League schools, among others, where anti-Semitism, Jew hatred, has found a home among student associations and within professors' lectures. It's grown increasingly loud since the October 7th attacks against Israel by Hamas, and as Israel conducts its war against those terrorists who are also the elected government in the Gaza Strip. Students on these campuses are finding themselves at the wrong end of the rhetoric, and in some cases, violence, or at least intimidation. It's incredibly important that we acknowledge the privilege that we have in our life. Ever since October 7th, I've been doing anything I can to raise awareness in school, like well, with my peers, with my friends, in clubs, and classes. Maya Lerner is a Jewish college student from New Jersey. She attends Cornell University, part of the Ivy League. She noted a sharp rise in campus anti-Semitism last semester, and that drove her to spend part of her winter break between semesters in Israel. She has family there, including one soldier injured on October 7th. But she wanted to see everything for herself, to be able to speak with conviction. She goes back to Cornell next week. And it's really difficult when you are amongst people and amongst your teachers and academics who are so virulently against you and so are, are so ready to attack or debate or wherever it may be. So honestly, like why I chose to go to Israel, I'm lucky enough to have a family that all wanted to go. So that's number one. I went with my entire family. But number two, I am the granddaughter of Holocaust survivors. And I truly believe that it's our duty to be witnesses to what's going on in the world um, on both sides. And so not only did we speak with Jewish people, we spoke with Muslim people, we spoke with Arab people. And it was really enlightening to see what happened. And, you know, we'll get into that more. But I have had the privilege to be with my family, be with my siblings and read the news from my comfortable home. Um, and so in order to be a, like a global citizen, in order to be a young Jewish person, I wanted to truly understand this issue and give back in any way I can. And right now you've got hundreds of thousands of reservists who used to run the country, the shops on the corner of the street, the florists, the farmers, the restaurant owners, all of these people are fighting 
in the in the war so that I can live safely in America. And it would feel wrong not to give back or not to be there and witness what's going on. Um, and that's just me. So I felt the need to go. I studied there and I had an amazing time. I was there for five months. I was able to be there and connect with the land and connect with my people and religion. Uh But then I had, you know, classmates of mine be called up for their reserve duties. And now they're holding M16s instead of going to class and going to office hours like I am. And so why did I go? I went to pick the fields, help them make, like so that everyone in Israel knows that they're not alone. I think so they know that people are there to support them. Maybe it was a little bit to help myself um, to feel better about not being there during the war. But I also have family there. I have family who was injured in the war. And so it was incredibly important for us to also go and see my family and see how everyone's doing and recovering. I have cousins in Gaza. Um, and so, you know, when you say when you say cousins in Gaza, you mean soldiers? Yeah, soldiers. Okay, so they're fighting yeah. in Gaza. You had they're, you had relatives you had relatives who were hurt on October seventh. Tell yes. me where were they from and and what happened to them? So they're from Tel Aviv. Um, they so my cousin was on the border between Gaza and Israel on October seventh. Um, he was a tank commander and um, had been ambushed by many, many terrorists on October, on the early hours of October 7th, he was with three other men in his tank and he was the commander. Um, And so at some point of defending themselves, their gun at the top of the tank malfunctioned, um, popped his head out. He was shot. He was injured. um, He was rushed to a hospital. He defended our people against hundreds of terrorists. Thank God he, he was, he's alive now. And it's a miracle, but he saw some pretty ugly things and he's my age. Um, and so to have Shabbat dinner with him a few months ago and know that it's hard for people to go and serve for the IDF, given what's going on in, in Israel, given what is going on in the, in, in regards to the judicial reforms in regards to civil lives and, and religious lives in regards to right. secular education. There are so many issues that are going on that, and it makes young people it makes it hard for us to associate sometimes with the country. And I think some people within it, um, and then you end up fighting for this war and you realize that all of those problems that really stratified the country last year have brought the country together. And so it's really interesting to see. And so my cousin, he was, he was injured, but thank God he's okay now. And he's my age. I'm about to finish college and he's in a tank in, on the border of Israel and Gaza. Let's talk about your trip there, um, you know, during your winter break. You were shuttled around to see a lot of things kind of in a short period of time. So what are what's the top thing that stood out for you? You you went to the, I think, to the kibbutzim. You, you went elsewhere. To, but tell me what is the, the thing that hit you the most? We went and we visited Kibbutz Kfaraza. It's called Kfaraza for a reason. Um, Gaza's right there. Yeah. You see Gaza right here. And the fence that was broken down and bulldozed through. And Kfaraza starts right here. There is your kibbutz. And this is the place where peace seekers lived. This is where young people who sought to live in a peaceful way amongst their Arab neighbors lived. 
That's yeah. where they hoped the future of Israel would be. It's where the foundation of Israel is. Kibbutzim. It's it's really what Israel was founded upon in many ways. Um, and I'm I'm no expert on Israel foundation, but I know that and. Um, so that was really difficult. You're walking through an area that the area that was so, so horribly uh, massacred was the was called Dorat Sayir, which is the young generation. It's where the 18 to 26 year olds lived in between their spouses homes and, and their parents homes. So it's before after you've left the house, before you're married, you're in between, you're in your army age, you're living here. And so you're walking around and you're seeing the beer bottles that you drink with your friends or the books that you just read or the dog hair trimmer that you have in your house. And you're seeing all these signs of life that could be yours. Um, And again, I'm the granddaughter of Holocaust survivors. I guess it was naive to think I was never going to have to deal with this evil, but it feels like you're walking through what you always feared. Um, And so that hit hard. And I also am, I travel the world and go to different concerts and music festivals with a lot of my friends. And um, last semester in Israel, I was, I went to a bunch of concerts and Nova is something that I and my brother and my friends would have considered going to. Um, The music festival, the music festival. And so when we went to the exhibit, um, it was the Nova had done like a recreation. And so it was all of the clothing that was left behind the tents. It was the burned cars. It was, you could see like hair in the cars. It was, it was a living recreation of what happened. Um, and you see it and you're walking through it. And as a festival goer, I'm like, I see myself in all of these areas and that you're at the bar, you're at the stage, you're at all these, the porta potties area. And you think in your head, okay, what are all of the scenarios I have to go through to make sure that I'll be safe in case anything happens? But you never think that it's going to be terrorists. And to hear the stories of of girls running 30 kilometers in their flip-flops, dodging terrorists, they're being hunted. This is human hunting. And you see it right before your eyes. This is the first time that Israel in its history ever buried something with a body. They buried a full car from the music festival because they weren't able to extract the body they've done they've just the most horrible things and you see it right before your eyes and it's not and it's a reality that that you could see yourself in as a young jewish person and yet you have the privilege of just watching it from the sidelines and so to answer your earlier question why was i there i was there because it could have been me it could have been any of us and i think being there helps you really understand it We're speaking with Maya Lerner. She is a Jewish-American college student who studies at Cornell, who endured anti-Semitism on campus last semester after the October 7th attacks, and spent part of her winter break touring the sites of those attacks in Israel. On the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition, we'll have more straight ahead. You are a a young Jewish college student from America, uh, and that campus you attend that you live on for part of your year is cornell university uh, in the immediate aftermath of october 7th some of this call it woke call it anti-semitic uh rhetoric that had been become so prevalent on so many of these campuses it led to congressional hearings with the heads of the ivy league um a, a lot of this seemed to have been focused or at least the focus was on some of the rhetoric from cornell professors 
what has it been like uh, or what was it like on campus uh, towards the end of last semester? Uh, because you're going you're going back, I think, in a week, right? Yeah, two days, two days. Um, so I want to start off by saying my grandmother and my grandfather came from Hungary. My parents went to college in, in Canada. And so I we in my family didn't know much about like the Ivy League situation. We didn't know what a lot about it. And so when I got in, you know, the first question my, one of my grand my grandpa asked me was, is it OK for Jewish people? And I said, of course, Zadie, it's okay. Don't worry. They don't allow BDS or all, any of these things. Zadie um, is Yiddish for grandfather, just so we, so we can yes, clarify yes, that for everyone. Yes, my grandfather. Um, and so he, and we spoke a lot about it. And I thought it was going to be okay. Um, and because it had been, honestly. And so I went to Cornell. Um, and, you know, there had been flare-ups politically. There was a march in my freshman year. There was a protest in my sophomore year. It was honestly whatever, you know, your usual, everyone's allowed to express themselves. Um, but then when October 7th hit, there was a real shift in campus dialogue. And it went from something that was not conducive, collaborative, effective, any of the words you want, you can describe in a positive right. way. It was so hateful. Um Amongst your professors itself, I, I, I returned to campus on October 10th. We, we were on fall break, so I actually wasn't on campus on October 7th. Um, but when we returned, I was waiting to see how many of my professors would say something. Few did. What were you expecting them to say? Were you expecting them to be conciliatory or sympathetic? Or were you expecting, you know, did you go into a, a classroom kind of with that cringe feeling like, oh boy, here it comes? A little bit of both. Yeah. Um, throughout my four years at Cornell, there have been several social movement flare-ups. You've got George Floyd. You've got like there are just so many things. And on Cornell campus itself, you have it's our own social issues of issues with the Cornell police, issues with different professors, with different genres of study, whatever it may be. Like the names on some of the campuses, the fact that we're on stolen land, like so many different issues. And these things are given great sympathy amongst the platform of dialogue in Cornell. It's given respect. It's given compassion. And yet when October 7th happens, I have a professor stand up and say, you are not to ask for extensions on your, your assignments because of what is going on globally. It's a global issue and things happen all the time. There are earthquakes and there are tornadoes and there are horrible things that happen all the time. A professor said that to us and I'm sitting there like, excuse me. And so I raise my hand and I say something. What did and you I, say? I said, with all due respect, professor, I implore you to acknowledge the locality of this issue rather than only seeing it as a global issue. I am a young Jewish student and I've never felt more scared on this campus. And so while yes, this is happening in the Middle East, there is a war happening in the United States. And I think that's really, you know, maybe some people are waking up to that, that, that it's a real war, but in October 7th, in that kind of those weeks around it, people didn't understand it. And they still don't understand it. But now you've got a New York Times article on your side to kind of say, hey, there's some proof that that rape occurred, that there was sexual abuse um, in the attacks. Yeah. Yeah. In the October 7th attacks. And so 
I want to emphasize that like, I don't ever side with innocent children losing their lives, innocent civilians, no matter who they are on what side of the aisle. But you've got professors pulling down kidnapping signs. You've got professors yelling that they're exhilarated and excited about the October 7th attacks at an off-campus pro-Palestinian rally. You've got professors that espouse certain dialogue of violence and hatred, and they root it within the civil rights movement in ways that, that make it almost impossible to pry the two apart. That is it about the history of America or is it about the future of Judaism and, and, and Jewish protection? And the two should go hand in hand, in my opinion, because what America was founded on is a lot of things that I think like don't are, you're not seeing right now. You're not seeing a lot of what the founders thought in policy, in how Americans are acting on both sides of the aisle in presidency in so many ways, but it's scary to see what's happening on campuses and you have professors and you have young students who are being molded by these professors and they are misinforming people. You're you're headed back. Excuse me. You're you're headed back to campus in a couple of days to begin the next semester. Um, why go back if if that's the the uh, you know the atmosphere that that's awaiting you? Is, is there something that you plan to do about this, or you plan to kind of keep your head down and just try to get through the semester? I mean, you've you've been you've been you've been taking a Cornell education. I I, I understand you want to finish at Cornell, but if it's really unsafe. I want to emphasize that like my, my life hasn't been, I have not been personally targeted. That being said, I've had, I've engaged in dialogue with people who, you know, I try and have a peaceful dialogue and then they turn back and say, well, you said you're a Zionist. So I think you're a racist. And they, they say some horrible things. And I've had these bad experiences, these ugly, scary moments, but the truth is that will exist wherever I go. That's number one. I'm proudly Jewish. I'm proudly Zionist, even though in my mind I thought for a second, maybe I shouldn't say that because people would think that it's a bad thing, but I'm still going to say it. I'm not going to hide from, from what I accomplished. What I accomplished is I got into Cornell. Um, I couldn't read for many years of my, of the beginning of school. So this was an academic accomplishment for me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not going to let someone else take that for me. Honestly, I'm going to finish out strong not because of anything about the university, but honestly for myself. So I'm not going to give up on my degree. I'm not going to give up on myself, but I'm going to do it in a way that, that remains aligning with my own integrity and values. Maya Lerner, you're a Cornell student, a Jewish American college student who took it herself to go to Israel to see what was happening during your winter break instead of going on uh you know, a cruise or something like that. Thank you so much for being with us on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.